gentlemen we are back welcome back to this blue hawaii podcast episode the blue hawaii podcast the blue hawaii podcast university blue hawaii podcast university i'm ryan little i'm josh michaels and today with us who do we have josh we have another aspiring young candidate and promising politician running for office us no not us his name is patrick bronco and he is a former U.S. State Department diplomat who deep worked state. deep state, who worked in Venezuela, <laughs> Colombia, and Pakistan. Double deep state. He is now back, dipping his toes, entering the arena, as it were. He he's comes, a Muslim socialist because no, <laughs> he's in Pakistan and Venezuela. He comes, despite his yeah. uh, despite his time in the madrasa, he becomes highly recommended by friends of the show, Danny Kupchoy and Rafino Magliba, both. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Branco, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh... Thank you for having me having me on it. You know, I really appreciate it. We are happy to have you, my friend. So uh, we gave the folks uh, basically but the, the info, you know, we wanted to give you the opportunity to tell your story rather than just the, the info we gleaned from our email thread. So uh, for the folks getting to meet you the first time. Who, who the hell are you? Who also don't know who uh, Rufino and Danny are if you do. Well, most that's probably 80% of our listening base. That's but true. Yeah. For, for those not in the know, tell us about Pat Bronco the man. Yeah, so you don't want to know about Pat Bronco, the CIA deep state guy? I, you want to know Pat Bronco, the Well, man. Pat Bronco, I figured, was your CIA covered in Patrick thought you were, Bronco. I thought Pat Bronco was a porn star. Agent? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> porn, undercover as a porn, as, a, as an adult film actor, I believe is the you know, correct nomenclature. Yeah. Second generation, yeah. the, the, first, the first one in the family was Ford Bronco. Yeah, exactly. I always told I always told my friends if I had twins, I would name them Ryden and Buckin. That's a great idea. Actually, uh, when the family first before they came to Ellis Island, it was uh, Ford Bronkowitz. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we we uh, want to hear about yeah. both. Local boy went to D.C., saw the world, decided yeah. the hell with this. I'm going to come back and fix why. What the what's going on there? Yeah. So. Born and raised in Kailua, fourth generation. Um, my great grandparents moved to Kailua in '54. We've always been here. Uh, Democratic grew Revolution. Up eating, grew up eating at Andy's Drive-In, riding my bike, or I had this like little red bike and riding my bike around town in Kailua, thinking, you know, I own the place. Getting slush floats and um, yeah, basically had a great childhood in Kailua. It's pretty idyllic. Uh, went to the commitment. Yeah, pretty idyllic, and then. I got the great opportunity to go to Kamehameha schools, Imua. which was, yeah, 
you know, welcome my mail, which was awesome for me, especially as someone whose, you know, home culture wasn't necessarily Hawaiian. Sure, sure. It was great for me to learn and understand about my culture and know about more about my history. Um, graduated from Kamehameha. Um, we didn't have money for me to afford to go away to college. So I was very lucky that I got a full ride at Hawaii Pacific University. Um, kind of had a plan. Was going to be like, okay, I'm going to study business and I'm going to get my MBA. And first semester, took accounting and hated it. And so I was like, what's out there that I can study that's kind of a mixture of business, economics, history. And HPU had a great international relations program, wow. which got me started there. And when I was in at HPU, I met this Korean girl. And I'm a total dork, total nerd, uh, never really dated. And she was like, okay, if you want to date me, you have to learn my language. And I was what? like, challenge uh, accepted. Hell yeah. 안녕하세요. Nothing motivates <laughs> me anymore. Oh. Hi. Yeah. I'm sorry. You imperialist. These imperialist. Uh, imperialist Japanese. It just makes again. me want to yell, "Ama." That means "mama." That's um, like crying for my mom. Yeah, Abba. Abba, you know. I know. We yeah, all watched um, *Convenience*, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. And, sorry. Uh, Please continue. No, no, no. Yeah, she uh, she told me to learn her language. I was like, "Of course, I'll learn your language," and not realizing like Korean is one of the like super hardest languages in the entire world. And so, like, even after two years of studying Korean, I told I still speak like a baby. But um, yeah, she I just broke up went... with you. <laughs> no, don't say, don't say that. Let him finish. <laughs> what was that? I said she broke up with you because you because you like. She never to be. I eventually broke up actually. But Damn, um, Ryan, I'm so sorry. A lot, no, it's fine. No, but a lot of my friends say that she's the reason. If I didn't date her, I would have never left Hawaii. And, and then, so I'm and very thankful C for that. And then the CIA she was the it. one. Yeah, she was the one that was like, "Hey, let's uh, let's you know maybe you should join the foreign service." Um, okay. Who kind of pushed me there? So yeah, so graduated from HPU, 2009, financial crisis, Good no times. jobs. Good times. And when I was at, yeah, fun times, you know, totally awesome. And after I graduated, I remembered I received a scholarship from State Department to study Korean, and they're like, "Wait, you, you like forgot languages. that you received the scholarship?" So yeah, ba backtrack. Uh, my junior year, I received a scholarship from State Department to study Korean in Seoul one summer. That's and, you and do. I did, typical. Yeah, that just, yeah, exactly. Um, my professor uh, submitted, told me to apply for this. But um, during the orientation, they're like, if you like studying languages, you should apply to be a foreign service officer. And we have this great program called the Charles B. Rangel International Affairs Program. Charlie Rangel. So Harlan, Cong Harlan Congressman. Yeah, right? Charlie Rangel. Yeah. yeah. So Charlie Rangel. Congressman um, from New York traveled all around the world and they always thought he was the driver because he's African-American. And so he realized that the face of American diplomacy was not reflective of the diversity of America. Mm. So he created this program, um, State Department, traditionally uh, very East Coast, Ivy you know, League. elite, Yale, Ivy League. Circle. Oh, wait, um, no, those, those, those are uh, not your words. Those are, <laughs> those are our words. Sorry. Nope, not my words. Definitely not the words of a diplomat. Um, yeah. And he created this program, which recruited for all types of diversity, regional diversity, ethnic diversity, gender diversity. And I was the first from Hawaii to receive this fellowship Very that cool. paid for my education at Johns Hopkins University, a school of advanced international studies that I focused in um, international economics. That's baller. And after, 
Yeah. And all my internships were set up. So my first summer, I was on the Hill interning for Congressman Faleo Malvaenga from American Samoa. Oh, rest, and, in peace to the, rest in peace to the great yeah. congressman. Passed away recently. Exactly. And he was, a, was an awesome, awesome guy. And then I uh, interned in Embassy Seoul for my training. And then Dang. after that, joined the Foreign Service in 2012. And so what happened after that? So, of course, I do East Asia, right, studied, focused on Korea, Japan, and, of course, the good old Foreign Service sends me to my first tour in Bogota, Colombia right? with my great Korean skills. Did Perfect. It, did it, and th- th- is this just uh, just before Kim Jong-un came to power, too, or is, like, you know, nothing important going on in Korea, in the Korean Peninsula that you might want to, I don't know. Exactly, right? <laughs> Nuclear nonproliferation, there's a bunch of issues, but actually with the Foreign Service, yeah. uh this kind of happened back in the McCarthy era. There was a lot of people that was accused of being socialists or communists in the State Department. So they didn't want any of us diplomats to have any affiliation. And so they want us to be generalists. So they've actually purposely send us to countries to get us out of our, our comfort zone for mm. our first and second tours. Wow. Okay. So you, so did you have you seen Narcos? I've, I don't need to see Narcos because I live. Okay, so t- yeah, tell us about. And so yeah, everybody now now you know. Wait, now, are you the drug kingpin? If you can't admit that on air, blink twice. <laughs> I'm rapidly blinking right now. So <laughs> okay, good. He blinked no. at least yeah. twice. So obviously, so obviously, yeah. Venezuela is the current like right wing uh, boogeyman. But you know, Colombia has been no slouch historically either in the uh, quirky geopolitics department. So t- yeah, tell tell yeah. us about your experience in South America. Yeah, so I end up there 2012 uh, after a crash course of eight months in intensive language uh, Spanish training. So basically, when I showed up in Colombia, I could basically talk about economics, nuclear nonproliferation, but I didn't know how to order food or find the directions <laughs> to my address. So, <laughs> ¿Dónde está la uh, arm reduction? La arm, <laughs> los reducción de los armas. La reducción de las armas. Es brazos. Well, I guess it's, it's probably not literally arms. Um, yeah. Well, so that sounds awesome. And yeah. then uh, eventually you made your way over to, to Pakistan. What what was that like? Pakistan was awesome. So I was I actually was supposed to go to Korea, but Very they were asking for volu- Yeah, they were asking um, volunteers to go to Pakistan, and so I volunteered because you know I joined the Foreign Service to. I didn't want to go to somewhere where I already lived. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to do something different. So. In Pakistan, so within your first two tours as a diplomat, you have to do a visa tour. So my Pakistan tour, I was actually an immigrant um, visa officer on the line interviewing Ooh. immigrant visas. So like 90 Day Fiance, that's yeah. basically, that w- that's us oh, on the line man. approving and getting that. So that was what I did for a year is uh, approving and reviewing immigrant visas to the United States. This is in uh, Islamabad or? In, in Islamabad. Wow. wow, fun, but but what an experience! Yeah, definitely out it of the box. Yeah, it was it was definitely because we, I was there actually when we lived off compound, Ooh, which was shoot. unique, and I got to actually be out in the town and whatnot. And Islamabad is weird because it's like it's kind of like Brasilia, where like a leader was just like, "We're gonna build a capital here," where there's like nothing was mm, before. Yep. So Islamabad is the same way, and they didn't really complete. Islamabad so a lot of it's like not complete and so the city is actually quite 
just quiet. It's kind of sleepy and kind of dead. Hmm. Except for the occasional SEAL Team 6 raid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, so eventually, much like Carmen Sandiego, your travels brought you back to Hawaii to pursue politics. What was it that yep. pushed you to want to go from living in Islamabad doing visas to uh, legislating here in Hawaii? Um, I always knew that I wanted to, to run for office and I am, even though I'm a Democrat, I am a big supporter of Cynthia Thielen. I, I love her. I think she's done great for our community. And so she retired and I figured I'm at a good age. I had the experience. This is a good time for me to run because, you know, maybe the next person who gets elected has the seat for 30 years. Like Cynthia Thielen. Sure. Um, yeah. does. The, the so last I, good I figured, Republican why not just retired. Well, uh, how's the campaign been going so far? I mean, it's got to be, you know, a uh, little unorthodox to say the least, given the circumstances surrounding the global pandemic. Yeah. So we were lucky that we started in December, started knocking doors, um, showing up. Um, so I was I was lucky that I actually did a lot of canvassing before the global pandemic hit. But as soon as the global pandemic hit, my kind of my crisis management training from when I was in the operations center with the secretary of state just kind of kicked in. I was like, okay, we got to do something. And so we just quickly, my team and I just quickly realized that Kupuna were the ones that are going to need help. So what we did was we just started making these Kupuna kits, which was basically like toilet paper, bottle of water, tea, disposable gloves, um, some information. And we just threw it out there on Facebook. And we got like Matt, like we got in three days, like 55,000 views of this video of me just making Kupuna kits with my family. And we were able to distribute over 350 throughout the district um, to anyone who needed it. That's wonderful. And so, you know, you mentioned that, uh, that you're a a big fan of Cynthia Thielen's. Um, What I, I'm not, I'm not even sure. uh, Did we clarify what district you're running in? (laughs) Oh, so I don't think we did. Here's what we'll do. Uh, we have to go back and we'll have to edit that in somewhere. Um, okay. No, we, did, no, we said he's running for House of Representatives, right? I don't think we said yep. that officially. Well, I could just say it. Um, I'm running yes. for the State House, uh, District 50, um, Kailua and Kanyohibe. Yes, which is, per- which is perfect because we just had... Uh, Alan Akau and Kawi Pratik, you know, running, you know, in your two neighboring districts. So this is our chance to really isolate and focus on the magic that happens on the Windward side in District 50. Tell us about it. Tell us what well, makes I, your wait, district unique and what you want to do for yeah, it. Yeah, because my 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 question is, you know, uh, Cynthia Thielen's retired. Um, how are you going to be different than her? Yeah, absolutely. So I think how I will be different is. So I do, I do agree with some of her economic policies, but my big thing, what I want to focus on is diversification of, of Hawaii. You know, we talk about diversification. This is what I've been running on since December is all of my ideas to build industries. Um, I, I like to tell the story like 1887, Kalakaua electrifies Iolani Palace. Hawaii is at the forefront of energy, and yep. I want to be at the forefront of energy. I We're one of the only states that can... Um, make all forms of renewable energy and I actually want to partner with companies around the world 
to come here, test the test the technology, and then also develop our own industry here and export that out. So mm. That's really one big thing I want to work on. Number two is um, agriculture. Um, the cacao yep. farms actually in West Africa, um, due to climate change, is actually they can't produce cacao anymore. And we're the only state in the union that actually can produce cacao. Yeah. Um, we have some cacao farms here. Um, the CEO of Mars um, Chocolate Company was actually here back in November um, checking out a friend's farm. And this could be another industry that I think we can we can develop as well as uh, Cynthia Thielen's real trademark as well as uh, industrial use of hemp. Mm, so that's right something on. else I really want to look into as well. Now, um, mm-hmm. why shouldn't we just bend over backward and do whatever the big oil companies want to do? That's gotten us this far. Why should we change? <laughs> No, I, that's a bad question. So, what about so, <laughs> I'm editing that out? No, leave it in. Leave I'm it. not. Good. I swear <laughs> I won't. Um, so you you mentioned you know all of the an all all renewable energy strategy. Uh, what's your take on geothermal and how are you prepared to navigate the controversy and the 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 conflict that ensues whenever it comes up at the legislature? Yeah, um, yeah. Geothermal is controversial, but I think this is what I'm kind of discovering about any controversial issue it seems like it's always sourced that there isn't proper community engagement. And that's really, as, as a diplomat, right? Um, my job was to build coalitions, to bring people together. And that's really my thing is before you announce, before you sign a contract, whatnot, you really need to engage the community. Because what I'm discovering, the like when I talk about ideas, like for example, in Kailua, we have a, a, an affordable housing project that's super controversial. Mm. And this all blew up because the developer didn't properly engage community. And so that's probably my take is I want to be out there. I want to be the forefront. I want to be actually, I will fly there. I will go there and actually sit down with the community members and discuss and actually just listen. That's my style is people always tease me. They're like, you're the boy with the green book. Cause literally I show up, I have one of those like federal government issued green books and I just sit there and I just take notes. And mm-hmm. I just listen, 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 listen. And then I form an opinion. At first, I thought you were talking about the uh, controversial Academy Award-winning movie, and now it makes so much more sense. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's very interesting. Um, so, Ryan, you look like you had a question. Probably something, a, rant, a rant about developers? Uh, no, no, no. No rants about developers. If anything, I would, I would uh, rant about the neighborhood boards. But um, I am curious. You know, Hawaii's legislature uh, is just... It's number one skill is doing nothing. Uh, I think, you know, we saw like last session, we basically... Very elaborately. Yeah, we we do a lot, a big round performative dance of nothing. If you get elected, your freshman representative, what makes you confident that you'll be able to actually get something done? And would you push to do more than we currently do? Yeah, absolutely. Um I tell this to my team who I love, shout out to them. They work super hard. I was like, if I'm just like a one-term representative, but we get to accomplish something, then we've accomplished our goal. I think the way I work is actually uh, recently someone told me this. They're like, your skill is that you cross, you are able to bring across so many different people from so many different backgrounds and you're able to build coalitions to move, move forward. And I really do think that's going to be my strength in the state legislature is being able to 
bring people together. And especially now, it's such a unique time that we have to do something for our community. Our community is on edge. Our communities are looking for just us a to little be bit, leaders. Just a, just a little bit. Just a little bit on edge. You know, yeah. the world is kind of falling apart yeah. around us. Um, yeah. <laughs> and a- this is the time for Shoot. bold yeah. ideas and also to seek community input. This is this is the time to do that. And we can actually achieve. We can we actually kind of like put a pause on our economy and we can shift the paradigm and try to use, you know, that uh, federal stimulus money that we got to actually build new industries. We're saving it for a rainy day last I heard. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> so, all right, let's let me let's let's hop into a time machine. We're going to flash yeah. forward to June 24th. 2026 and you've been a successful representative uh for district 50 what do the past six years look like to you um probably a lot of sleepless nights i'm probably going to age a lot um but what the la- the past six years what people i hope people will will see is that like i'm the guy that's not going to stop knocking their door on their doors. I'm not going to be the guy that's not going to be stopped calling them. I'm going to be the guy that doesn't stop sending out surveys. Like, please, to... please representative, stop calling me. You are clogging my phone line. Um, what if, what if, what, exactly. if, what if that happens? And then you'll be responsible. Well, I'll to the keep, community, of course. I'll be very respectful. I'm always super respectful. Even uh, when, when I'm knocking out in the district, when I come to a Republican house, the comment I consistently always get is, you know what? We would still consider you. You're super respectful. We can have an intelligent conversation. Not like those Antifa, those Antifa lunatics. Sorry. Yeah. I just get really passionate but, um, also, about defending our president. Also, six years from now, I hope that we actually could see the fruits of our labor. Like, see actually an increase in cacao farming, um, legalization of industrial hemp, um, aqu- aquaculture as well. And seeing actually the the fruits of our labor in energy diversification. All right, let's do some lightning round lightning policy round. for or against lightning round. Legalizing marijuana. Um, against. And that's all the time we have. Actually, today. No, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just, no. Can I can I put a more nuance? This. <laughs> okay, I go ahead. Go see, ahead. Go ahead. I I need to see. I I I don't. I need to read more. I need to understand more and I need to engage the community on that. I have some, I have some personal family. Um, a lot of my family suffers from drug addiction and that naturally gives me something in my stomach, but that doesn't mean if it, if it's good policy, if it makes sense, you know, I want to understand, I want to learn before I actually just say no. Okay. That's credit. Okay. Credit where it's due. That is the most, nuanced that, damn it that's diplomatic it's it's very diplomatic damn it okay what, but it, i have to I have to say i mean i hate to pause the lightning round because it's you know supposed to be lightning quick but i'm doesn't it looks like you know cannabis would be a huge boom for hawaii's economy and it seems like your whole thing is so far is diversifying our economy so it seems like those two views are kind of incongruous yeah i i get that um, for me, like I have a personal story, but I think with me, especially when I was doing federal policy, you sure. always have to get away your personal view. Sure. You have to do research. You have to understand. And I would, I would actually sit down both sides and understand, come in with my green book, learn, you know, take maybe about a week, two weeks to understand and then make really good educated policy. That's best for the larger community, regardless of 
what my stomach would say. That's that's what I can promise the people is that I'm a good listener. I'm a, I'm I'm a good study studier. Studier is not even a word. Um, no, I'm I a think, good study. Good that, good no, study I think it's I think you're good. Is, yeah. yeah, it's a it's very beautiful language. That's a fair answer. Yeah. Thank a, you. A very yeah. fair answer, my friend. I got I got to words too. I'd make an educated educated decision on if it's good for our economy and. Most people are for it, then then let's do it. But let's do it in a smart, educated way. Okay, that is as not, all drugs should be done. That is not nearly as much of a Babylon thing as I thought it was about to be. Okay. Um. <laughs> all right. Lightning round. Back yes, on. Back on the lightning round. Rail. Okay. Um, we need a heavy financial audit, but I think it's an economic opportunity, and we need to start developing the Aloha Stanley Chang's Aloha Plan all along the rail. That is correct. Uh, gut and replace. Um, gut and replace. Uh, um, le- legislative practice at the Capitol. Uh, basically, a bill can like get through committee, get through committee, get through committee, and then when a certain uh, chair or a certain you know, I, I won't, we won't, we won't, we won't name names. <laughs> uh, when a certain chair decides, you know what, uh, my lobbyist friend called me up, and uh, I've got a better idea. They can you know slash they slash and burn the entire thing. Yep, copy and paste their new their brand new spanking bill in, and it's advanced all the way through all the hurdles. It's in the conference, and you know all you got to do is walk it across the finish line. Mm, nope, that's 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 a no for me. I admit, I we, think that just we didn't really give it. We, did, <laughs> we did not really present both sides on that one, but I don't think there is a both sides. All right, how's how's about this yeah. one? Citizens ballot initiative. Huh. That's a that's one I'm still thinking on. I I have to admit I don't have an answer on that one. Okay. Super fairy. Super fairy, I like the super ferry i was actually when it started i wanted to ride the super ferry a lot and i never had the opportunity i think this could be a a good economic opportunity if we do a, an accurate environmental um assessment housing first yes definitely for housing first kahale initiative uh lieutenant uh, governor josh green has been awesome on this and that's something i definitely want to support if i get into office Homeless sweeps. Um, so there is a program called LEAD. I'm The acronym is Escaping Me, where actually when they do the, the sweeps, instead of giving a ticket, they give them the option to actually see a social worker. And it's been funded about $250,000. And I spoke with um, Shopo, and they said that it's actually been a success. And so this is something I actually want to look into and see if we can fund this more to do this type of thing and also to fund we need social workers yeah. we need more, more social, social workers, workers less criminalization and so that's another thing i i want to i want to get into okay how about this one 17 dollar an hour minimum wage i am for it i don't know if realistically it's it's possible but i think we should have a goal just how we have the 2030 goal of increasing um, local food production our 2045 goal of renewable we need to have that. I it it saddens me that we don't have that goal. That we should be like twenty twenty five, twenty one dollars uh, for minimum wage. We should we should have that goal, and we need to keep ourselves because I feel like we push forward. It's like one step forward, two steps back. One step forward, two steps back. So like, what does that? What does your steps along towards the goal look like? Is it just hammer? Like, just hammer the lobbyists until they until they recede. Yeah, I guess it just feels like is the is it an aspirational thing? Because, like, you know, you mentioned the 2045 uh, Clean Energy Initiative. Like, if we don't hit it, 
there's there's no big deal and like we just continue to kill the world with climate change is, mm-hmm. is it kind of the same are you taking that same approach with the the minimum wage like is there like any sort of like strategic action that you think has to go like along those steps with it yeah we we definitely it's a, it's a good point we need to have more teeth we need to make sure that our goal, we stick to it. I can hear the argument saying, well, you know, the economy's fragile and whatnot. Economy's fragile, but we need to increase the minimum wage. And so I don't know what could be the the mechanism right now to make sure we stick on it, but we do need to stick on it. And maybe what needs to be put it is this needs to be something that we campaign on, mm. actually, that if we don't achieve this goal, then you need to vote us out of office. Mm. Okay accountability cool what about universal paid family leave yes absolutely tmt tmt diplomat, that's uh diplomat that's one time that ask you be um one the mauna has been mismanaged we need to look at a model on how we can properly uh, manage the mauna um, something maybe similar to Koholave. Mm. Two, the state has failed at its responsibility to actually decommission um, the five telescopes that's up there. Mm-hmm. I've actually been up to the Mauna. That was actually one of the first trips that I took back when I came back home up to January. Awesome. A lot of my classmates are up there. Um, and this is this is kind of my style, right? Um, if I don't know something, yeah. I need to show up and I need to learn. Yeah, And so like... I personally, as a Hawaiian, as a Kanaka, right, I have a perspective, but I wanted to see it for myself. And I can honestly say, like, I have, that's one of the proudest moments when I was up at the Mauna, seeing my, like, all of my classmates, basically, yeah. were. Um, Shout out Kumu Hans, friend of the show. Yeah, Kumu Hans, yeah, Kumu Hans was my Kumu, actually. I, I saw him at McDonald's, like, literally, like, maybe three months ago, and he's like, hey, brother, let me know Hell if yeah. you need me to sign with. <laughs> ring, uh, ring, Kulihi, ring. Yeah. Hell yeah. But. Um, yeah, I've been super proud and I think we need to actually find a solution. And I've actually been kind of disappointed, um, that no one from the Hawaiian caucus has actually gone up there and actually tried to, try to negotiate something. Um, I think mayor Kim has failed. Um, I'm not saying that I'm the volunteer, but that's something I definitely would be interested in as someone that we know like trust building and actually it's someone a big community builder yeah. community leader actually reached out to me and asked me to give a list of people who are known for conflict resolution so i made them a list of like 10 ambassadors from that are retired that are really well known in the community like De- uh, deputy secretary of state thomas pickering um name drop was one of cool. them nice yep name drop that actually <laughs> could come out here who is a trusted figure that can actually try to broker something so okay I, oh honestly so, so the, still doing the answer is it sounds like the current tmt plan it sounds like you're saying you were against that my my thought right now is the current plan is it failed to get community input we're seeing that and right now what we need to do is we need to see some trust building measures from the state before we move on anything okay so you're saying as is right now, no, no go. but if you do more then potentially, TBD. yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then on a similar, on a similar note, uh, this is my last lightning round question. Unless Ryan has one more, uh, fed rec. Federal recognition. Yeah. 
this has been something that I've been thinking about since high school, right? Yeah. There's so many different models, free association, federal yeah. recognition. As a former member um, of a, or as a former employee of a, you know, federal, major federal agency, you know, you saw, you know, DOI. So like you, you can really see both sides. So this is why I'm especially interested in your perspective. Yeah. Of the process. Um, Not of the issue, the, the, the process more than the issue. Yeah. I think the process is going to be difficult for us as, as Native Hawaiians. We, but we do need to come together. We do need to have the aha, and we need to figure out something. Um, but as far as federal recognition, I think this is a a, a proper route for us um, to take. And I know it's a little controversial, but it's something that that I'm hoping that if Kaikahele gets to to Congress, he can pick up the helm and and move it forward. Kaikahele, um, I was the there actually the when He's Secretary Kerry the got got the letter. What was that? Okay. I- I, we were listening to you. Okay. Sorry. Um, I was just saying, um, I was there when Secretary Kerry actually got the letter from from OHA asking about the occupation and under international law. I, I remember hearing that. I actually remember people asking me about that because I was like the token Native Hawaiian at State Dang. Department. Um, and my thought was, we need to have a proper discussion. That was quickly moved to DOI. But there actually needed to be a proper discussion um, at state. That's something that we need to talk about. But I do believe in federal recognition. Hashtag fake state. Hashtag show me the treaty. Okay, Ryan, over to you. <laughs> uh, Patrick, we want to be respectful of your time. So uh, I'll start winding this down. But one question that I want to know, we always ask everybody, where's your favorite place to eat? Um, and, you know, you've mentioned uh, as a kid, uh, all the delicious, uh, tasty uh, drive-in food you had. Nine six seven three four. But yep. you've also you've traveled the world more than most, and yep. so what I want to know is instead of where's your favorite restaurant in Honolulu or in Kailua, where's your favorite restaurant in the world? In the world, that's a <sighs> okay. So in, when I was if when you I say lived Zippies, in Seoul, I swear to God, when I lived in when I was in Seoul, there was a place called. What was it twedgy gold like gold pig basically okay excellent and you could get all you could eat like some gypsum korean barbecue for six bucks and that was that was my spot that's, that's your favorite place afford. in the whole nice. world nice korean barbecue but like the real deal it's the hard real because deal. I, I feel like it has to be like per country yeah. i can have a restaurant mm. okay then what's your favorite place uh kailua or honolulu or anywhere in the state anywhere anywhere in the archipelago hawaii in the kingdom of hawaii in the in the, in the kingdom of in hawaii the, in the yeah. sovereign kingdom can, of hawaii. can it be can it be a restaurant that closed down already yes r.i.p in if, memoriam if, if we it, need to throw if we need to throw it out there yes absolutely unless it yeah. closed down more than 10 years ago pour one out for I was I was gonna say Andy's Drive-In, but that closed like 15 years ago. Oh, oh. all right, all right. You missed the statute. Statute of limitations has expired. But we will still acknowledge your pain. It's tough losing a childhood favorite. R.I.P. Yep. <laughs> okay. That I should have thrown that into. What, <laughs> what is? What do you look? What looking back at 2026? Did we finally secede yet? Oh no, cut that one. That one, don't worry. That'll be cut. Um. Okay. Last question. This is another. This is another standard. So, uh, you get a call from Mike Pompeo. He needs you to go 
pronto, post haste, right now. You are needed in Pyongyang. You have to solve it. On your way there, unfortunately, uh, your plane crashes and you're stranded on a desert island. You were able to pack and bring with you one book, one movie, and one album. What did you bring? Yeah. Um, book, uh, The Price of Paradise, Lucky You Live Hawaii by Randall Roth. Oh, I've read that like probably five times. I had Professor Roth in law school. That's a, oh, a good book. Um, album, Facing the Future by Israel Kamakaviole. Okay. Classic. Classic. And yes. movie would be The Last Emperor. The Last? I'm not familiar with The Last. I don't think I've seen The Last Emperor. It's like a three three hour long um, movie about the last emperor of China, um, oh, Puyi. That's a that's is that that's pretty old, right? Yeah. Are we so talking like classic uh, film? No. Nineteen eighty seven. It no. came out. Oh, yeah, okay. Like okay. When did you when did you first yeah. see it? I think I was like five, and my parents always told me I was a weirdo because, like, <laughs> you know how like kids watch Disney films yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Yours was the, last the Last Emperor, Emperor was what I would watch over and over and over again. I I only remember the Last Emperor because uh, we moved a lot as a kid, and uh, my parents would always they were always signing up for like a cable like a new cable company, and they always give you the introductory things like. You know, for three months you get HBO and your yeah. bill goes up to thirteen thousand dollars a month. <laughs> um, Last Emperor on twenty four seven. It was on like HBO or Stars or Encore, one of those channels that we were demoing. And there's a scene in Last Emperor where, uh, like, a relatively grown child is nursing, and I was like, "Mom, <laughs> yeah, what the hell is going on on this movie?" And she had to explain what the concept of a wet nurse was. So. Uh, thank you, Last Emperor, for just taking a little bit of my uh, innocence, childhood innocence. Yeah, my parents definitely blocked that one, that scene out. So I probably didn't see that scene until I was like a lot older. But I mean, how old's yeah. that kid? He's like, he's old. Yeah, the kid was like probably like ten or twelve. Damn, dude, living the dream. I mean, what? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing that out. You probably should. <laughs> Pat, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, wishing you the best of luck. If folks like what they hear, if they live in the uh, Kailua, Kaneohe Bay area. They District want 50. District 50, F Hawaii 50. Ooh. And they want to learn more. They want to get involved. They want to donate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They want to read your uh, your 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 screeds, your, your treatises, everything. Where do they go? Uh, they can hit me up on Instagram or Facebook at Vote Bronco HI. Bronco is spelled B R A N C O, actually. Okay. And my website is votebronco.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Patrick Bronco. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> that was my, I couldn't do a, I was trying to do a Bronco, Bucking Bronco. I couldn't. couldn't what? Do <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were, I didn't know what it was. I was, I was trying to, I was putting all sorts of stories together in my head. All right. <laughs> Patrick Bronco, Thanks, ladies man. and gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye. Aloha. Bye. 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 Bye.